0: Okay, we are in 1 Corinthians. Working our way through 1 Corinthians. We come now to chapter 9. These are the chapters that don't get as much attention. Uh, Chapter 12, 13, 14. They start a whole movement. (laughs) But some of these, uh, not so. And so, uh, this is one that doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, And i got to tell you, this hits very close to home for me, chapter 9, as the things that I've been through in my life are come along. These are some things that really hit close to home here. And uh, uh, I have run into people who say, well, we believe in the Bible, we believe in the Bible, and uh, we got all the answers and so forth. And I don't think they ever read this. <laughs> I don't think they ever read it. And uh, so I'm going to begin with Paul's story, and I'm going to tell you a little of my story because it really uh, comes close uh, to what happens and how things are, <coughs> and how people don't really understand what the Bible says. So here we go, chapter 9, 1 Corinthians. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? And if I not an apostle unto others, yea, doubtless I am to you. For the seal of my apostleship are you in the Lord. Mine an answer to them that do examine me is this. And so here's his point, is that people have been criticizing him, examining, he calls it. (laughs) It's one way to put it, all right? Uh, And you remember in the very beginning of 1 Corinthians, they were arguing, who's the best? Is it Paul? Is it Peter? Uh, Is it Apollos? Uh, Who is it? Who's the best one? And they were taken sides and fighting and arguing, and he talked about that argument. He talked about what caused it. And now he comes to a very personal part, really, in that argument. Because as these people were dividing up who do we believe, some people said, Well, I don't know about that Paul. I don't know. He, I, I, he may not be an apostle. And, uh, you know, the other apostles walked with Jesus and they talked with Jesus and lived with him. But this guy, the Johnny come lately. I don't think he may be not be an apostle. And if you want proof for it, if you want proof why we think that he's not an apostle, uh, he says is because he doesn't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we come to... Uh, Doesn't get paid to do his work. And we think there's a reason he doesn't get paid, because he's not really an apostle. So he says, Am I not an apostle? Well, good question. Is he or isn't he? He says, Apostle is messenger. That would be the correct word there to put in. He's a messenger. Right? He's got a message from God. Comes to us with a message. Am I not free? He mentions that and that will become important as we go along. He was a Roman citizen. Never a slave. And so he was always free. All right? And that's, that's going to come into play as we go along. Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? And everybody would have said no. No. You didn't. You didn't see him. And uh, we have an experience explained, Acts chapter 9, as Paul explains that he did see Jesus. You remember Paul is on the road to Damascus. He's going there to persecute Christians and acts chapter 9 verse 3 as he journeyed he came near damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven he fell to the earth heard a voice saying unto him saul saul why persecutest thou me and he said who art thou lord and the lord said i am jesus whom thou persecutest It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks and he trembling astonished said lord what wilt thou have me to do and the lord said to him arise and go to the city and so, it sounds like there he just saw a light, right? That's what it says. It doesn't say he saw Jesus there. Uh, but he said, people didn't hear what I, said, I heard. People didn't think what I thought, what I heard. And so, over at Second Corinthians, or I'm sorry, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just ahead, we're sneaking ahead a little here for a reason. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we get this explanation. This is a very important one. This is the only one where this answer is given. (coughs) 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4 That he, Jesus, was buried, he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That he was seen of Peter, Cephas, then of the twelve, on that Easter night. After that, he was seen above 500 brethren at once. That was in the mountain in Galilee, of whom the greater part remained to this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, that was his brother. Then of all the apostles, as they finished it up. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. He said, I almost was born too late, and I wouldn't have seen him except for he appeared to me. And that's where he appeared, on the road to Damascus. And it doesn't say that when it's telling the story in Acts, but he says it now here himself, I saw Jesus. And one of the requirements of being an apostle is, did you ever see Jesus? Did you ever see Jesus? And he said yes I did. Like I was born too late but I still got to see him and he appeared to him there in the road to Damascus. All right. And so and then he said back in chapter 9 verse 1 are you not my work in the Lord? All right. So he said yes I'm an apostle. I'm a messenger. I saw Jesus. Are you not my work in the Lord? Proof that I am a messenger sent is you. I started the church in Corinth. All right? Verse 2, And if I be not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, all right, so I certainly am to you, if they don't think so, you should know better, for the seal of mine apostleship are you in the Lord. You're proof that I'm apostle. My answer to them that do examine me, all right, so here's the point, as people arguing about Paul, questioning who he is, questioning whether he's an Apostle or not. My answer to them is this, verse 4, Have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister a wife as well as other Apostles and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working? Alright, so he's, he's saying some things. Number one, We have the power to eat and drink or to get paid. Number one. We have the power to get paid. Number two, and this is a fascinating one that the Catholic Church seemed to miss. uh, We have the power to have a wife. We can have a wife. It's okay. We're allowed to have them, he says. And then he says, uh, (coughs) verse 6, Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. All right, so what he says is, what I do is I work to support myself. I work to support myself. He says, we have the right not to do that, we have the right to be paid. All right. we have chosen something different. And then he gives a series of examples. Verse 7. Who goeth to a warfare any time at his own charges? Or if you're going to start a war, you say, here, I'm going to pay for this, and then I'll go fight it. No, that's not usually how it works. All right? There's Somewhere an army we join, and somebody pays the army or pays for their expenses, and off they go. All right, who planted a vineyard and eats not the fruit thereof? So you plant a vineyard? and say, well, you can't have any of the grapes just because you planted a vineyard. Right? No, that's not how it works. Who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Right? So, if you're taking care of a herd of cows or even sheep, whatever it is, you get to drink some of the milk. I say these things as a man, or saith not the law also the same thing? Right? So he says, I say these are normal things in life. You work... You take care of the work. You deserve part of the profit. You get paid. And I say these things as a man, or say it the law, also, the same also. He says, I'm not just telling you a story. Here's why. Nine, it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. So, the law of Moses said there'd be an ox and he'd be tied to a stick, and he would walk around in circles. And they'd take their wheat and lay it on the floor and he'd crunch it as he walked around. He'd go round and round and round and round. And the, the law says if you got him tied to that yoke, he gets to eat some of the wheat. Don't don't muzzle him, put a muzzle on him so he can't eat. He gets to eat the wheat. He's using his energy, all right. And so that's what God said. In the end of verse 9, doth God take care for oxen? You think he's just talking about oxen? No, he's talking about more than that. He saith it altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt it is written, He that plows should plow in hope, he that threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. All right? And so he says, It's natural if somebody works. You work uh, and you get paid. That's a normal thing. You work and you get paid. You plant the vineyard, you drink the well, the thing, drink the milk, whatever it is. Uh, he says it's a normal part of life and God has made it that way. All right. So that if you're working, you don't say, oh, I got to do all this work and I get nothing. That's not what it is. He says, we work in hope that we can pay, right? That should be kind of a normal response. Verse 11. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? And he says, let's think about it. So I come to you, and I'm telling you about the Bible. I'm teaching you about God. Teaching you about the Gospel. And what do you get from that? Eternal life. Right? He says, so if you give me a loaf of bread, how's that way out? You got eternal life, I got a loaf of bread. Well, I think you got the better deal. Okay? And he says, oh if really, if you want to think about it, uh, I worked for you, and uh, it's not a big deal if I get paid. Verse 12, If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Right, so he says, If other people work for you expect to be paid, shouldn't we? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder THE GOSPEL OF CHRIST. All right, SO HE SAID WE MADE A CHOICE, WE MADE A CHOICE, OUR CHOICE WAS NO PAY, NO PAY, SO THAT WAS OUR CHOICE. AND WE DID THAT FOR A CERTAIN REASON, AND HE'LL TALK ABOUT THAT IN A MINUTE, BUT HE says, HERE YOU ARE ARGUING, SAYING, HE'S NOT AN APOSTLE, HE DOESN'T EVEN GET PAID. And he said, come on. (laughs) We could be paid. And if we were paid, it would be a normal thing. All right? It's kind of the natural thing. You work, you get paid. And God says that, too. God says, you work, you get paid. All right? But they're saying, I don't think he's the guy. He's not an apostle. They don't even pay him, after all. What does he do? He makes tents. So... When you go get Paul, and he's preaching at your church, Monday morning he's down there making tents in the marketplace, selling his tents. And they're scratching their heads. Eh, I don't think he's the one. Yeah, he's the one. He said I made a choice. And <clears throat> that's a choice that you can make. All right, And I've had that very response. I remember I was in uh, Falcone's electric store once uh, i was waiting there and i know everybody in there at that time and this lady walked in and i knew her i had met her before and she walked right up to me standing right by the counter and she says so when are you ever going to be a real pastor <laughs> and i uh looked at her <laughs> And I knew what she was saying. What she was saying was you don't get paid, so you're not a real pastor. Right. You don't get any money, so you're not a real pastor. If you are a real pastor, you'd get paid. All right. And uh, that's what she was saying. And she spread that around as far as she could. <laughs> there were some people who took it and ran with it at that time. But... Uh, uh, you know that's the question, all right, is, is you made a choice, and why did you make the choice? Well, Paul's going to explain that it's okay for people who preach to get paid, all right. And there are some reasons I'll tell you about my own experiences, but I want to go on a little further before I do, all right. Now, so let's let's uh, <coughs> verse. Let's see, verse number twelve. If others be a partaker of this power over you are not we rather yes he said we certainly could be paid Barnabas and I nevertheless we have not used this power but suffer all things or we have to go to work Monday morning lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ and so we didn't take any money because we wanted the gospel uh, we wanted to keep that relationship just the way it was 13 do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar even so hath the lord ordained that they that preach the gospel should live of the gospel he said don't you remember in the old testament he said when you went and you make a sacrifice to to god you bring it in and uh, some of them they boiled in water before they were going to sacrifice and they'd be boiling your lamb or whatever your goat and the priest had a flesh hook they called it like like a three finger three prong thing and they'd go in and they'd grab the hold of the back leg or whatever <clears throat> and whatever he got that was his so he took the flesh hook that's his that's my offering no that's his whatever he gets on the flesh hook belongs to him and there was a plenty of offerings that they in a part of that went to the priest. And so he was supported by the offering. That's where he got his food. That's where he got his money. And that's why when we remember we were reading Joshua, um, when they divided up the land, the Levites didn't get any property. They were given cities where they could live. But no property why because they don't have to support themselves the whole old testament system was they're going to be supported by the rest of the people and so he says here in verse 14 even so the lord ordains they that preach the gospel shall live with the gospel ministers can be paid same idea all right but i have used none of these things Neither have I written these things that it should be so done unto me. So they get to, like, oh, Paul's trying to get some money now. And he says, no, 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 no. That's not why I'm writing this. I'm not writing this. It <clears throat> better for me to die than any man should make my glorying void. Or in other words, he says, I have made a choice not to be paid, and that choice was mine to make. All right? And uh, I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not trying to get money for this. Verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. So he doesn't say, well, you know, I'm pretty fantastic. He says, here's how I feel about it. If I didn't preach, I might as well be dead. And I agree with that. I couldn't say it better myself. If I didn't preach, I might as well be dead. I don't want to live if I don't preach. First thing I asked the doctor, I said, Are you going to hinder me from preaching? And he said, What? <laughs> I said, I want to know if you're going to hinder me or not. If you're going to hinder me, then I'm not going to do this. He said, no, you should be okay. I said, okay, then we'll do it. I said, that's much more important to me than living. So if you're going to hinder me from doing what I do every Sunday and every other day I do it, I said, then I'm not interested. He said, no, we'll we'll get you through. Okay, good. And he did. All right. He kept his word. Um. <coughs> uh, verse 17 if i do this thing willingly i have a reward this is a very hard verse to understand because of the king james um he says so if i say i'm i want to preach i love preaching i want to do it for the lord he said that's good i'm willing he rewards me and if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me or in other words He said, if I uh, feel like I am required uh, to do it, he said, I would do it for that. Uh, But he says, it's a sacred duty. It's a dispensation of the gospel. I feel it as a sacred duty. And as doing that, I have the right to offer it free of charge. I have the right to not take money and offer it free of charge. And that's a pretty difficult verse. Sometimes the King James is really hard and that's one of those verses. What is my reward then? Verse 18. Verily that when I preach the Gospel I may make the Gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the Gospel. All right, And we'll stop there for a minute. So, he says what's your reward? I'm here to preach the Gospel free. I do it for no money. And that's my choice that I made. I made a choice to do that. And that's uh, the way it's going to be. And so, I think back about my own experience. Uh, when I, I was uh, teaching Sunday school and teaching a Bible study, and so I did two things a week and a good pastor friend of mine said to me, I'm going on vacation, the next Sunday you're filling in. I said, what do you mean I'm filling in? He said, you're filling in, so be here. <laughs> I said, well, I never did that before. He said, I don't care, you get in here, be here and fill in. So I did, and I filled in here and there for him a few times, and then the word got out, well, there's this guy that'll fill in, and he's free. <laughs> and, I, and I said, it's okay, I don't want any money. I was only doing it a little bit here and there, and I would tell him and other people, and people in East Pembroke, people all around started to call me, and I'd say, I don't want any to be paid, it's fine, I'm okay, I just choose not to. And so, uh, that's kind of how it started. Well, that got kind of busy. <laughs> And I got to a point where I spoke 13 times in 14 days. Wow. I was speaking all over the place, all the time, uh, here, there, and everywhere. And I would start running seminars. And I'd run a seminar like from Sunday to Wednesday. And I'd go to the next church from Thursday to Sunday. And I, I spoke 13 times in 14 days. And I would never been that busy before. I, and, but I said, well, I've started not charging, and I certainly am not going to change that, even though it keeps me going pretty good. And so that's kind of how I started. It just didn't seem necessary. Well, then I came here. There's a whole other situation. It's not like I'm going over to your church and preach for a week, and I'll see you in two months or whatever. I <laughs> use it every day here all the time. all right. And the situation was that uh, I remember when we signed uh, the paper uh, the uh, uh, mortgage for this church. It was a 30 year mortgage and uh, I signed it and of course I was responsible because I signed it and I said to me to my wife we can about pay our mortgage, don't ask me how we're ever gonna pay that one if that ever happened. But God took right over and made sure it didn't happen. But was necessary, it was clear to me that we didn't have any money. Remember the guy who gave me the mortgage said, I know somebody in your group's got money and I didn't say anything. I didn't wanna lie, you know. I said, oh yeah, they're all loaded. No, nobody's got any money. I didn't say that, I just said, we'll be okay, we'll get through it, and we, and we did. All right. But we had no money, and we certainly couldn't pay anyone. We were just scraping by, and we got enough money in the box. That same money box on the back table was sitting on my kitchen table. And the people would come to the Bible study, and they put some money in the box, and we'd take that money and go out and buy supplies, paint, plaster, plumbing, whatever, and we'd work through the week on what we had. And I remember the one time we needed to get the water running, so we needed to buy a pump, and I said, I'm just gonna tell you, you're not gonna have any running water unless we get a pump, that's all I said. And I uh, asked people, are you willing If we buy this old church, are you willing to help? So make a pledge. And so they made their pledges and threw them in the box. And I opened the first one. And it said, I pledged, I don't know, it was quite a lot of money. The old fella's dead now. I pledged a lot of money. And I said to my wife, I'm gonna throw the rest of them out. I'm not gonna open anymore. Why can't we trust God? So I threw all the pledges out, except for the one, without even opening them. I didn't know what they were. I said, it's okay, we got God on our side. But in the beginning, somebody had to sacrifice. And I said, well, why not me? I'll sacrifice. And so uh, it was a sacrifice in the beginning. And then it was certainly very clearly in my mind that, Paul said, I do this because I want to do it. I don't want to be paid. And I said, I want to be like Paul. And when that lady came up and accused me of not being a real minister, I'm thinking, I am like Paul. (laughs) I am like Paul. See, I mean, uh, she says you can't be a real minister unless you get paid. And so, uh, in a way, that was kind of interesting. so I started without taking pay. My choice, my uh, present, my the way that I did it, that's the way I wanted it to be. All right? And uh, I remember uh, I was in Connecticut, and there's a church there that my grandfather helped to found. And he was dead, but uh, my uncles and aunts, some of them were in that church. And my aunt said to me, we'd really love to have you here. She said, but we can only pay you seventy thousand a year. I said, "Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not coming for that. <laughs> of course, I'm not going for that. I mean, I'm here because I want to be here, and uh, and so I I ran into some things too in life that helped the way I think too. You know, one of the things was clear that I had seen. Because I knew pastors. I was preaching all around, and I knew pastors. I knew some of them really got treated badly, very badly. Uh, They threatened to cut his salary if they didn't like something he did. And one of the fellows, he had a family. This is a great guy, wonderful guy. And they did cut his salary. He had four kids he was raising. And they cut his salary because they were mad because he did something or other. And I thought to myself, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to put up with that. And uh, uh, if you don't like what you do, you'll cut my pay. And I said, no, I don't want to be abused. Therefore, no pay no pay. There are people who want control over the preacher. <laughs> and when they pay him, they kind of think, we got it. We got it. They got no control over me. I'm a wild horse running around. <laughs> whatever. All right. And so the, those feelings that Paul says, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, I don't get paid and so you think I'm not an apostle. Are you kidding? And he says, I did this for it was my choice so that I could go in and I could say I don't know anybody anything. Alright? I work for God and that's it. And so in my life that's how it kind of came about for me uh, and those are some of the things that affected me. As a matter of fact I used to say you think I'd ever be a preacher, you're crazy. They get abused and misused and, and that was true. That was true. But it goes the other way, too. Sometimes a preacher misuses the congregation. It can go both ways. Uh, So there was a a series of events that really you don't have a lot of control of. But I started by this passage saying, look, Paul says, I'll take care of myself. I don't need you to pay me. It doesn't mean you're not a real pastor, <laughs> as I was told. You're not a real pastor, unless you get paid. And, uh, i got to stop that story. That one gets long and complicated. But, uh, so, that's Paul's, the argument that they were give, using against him. That he didn't get paid. Now he's just laid it out. Look, got every right to be paid. It is normal to work and get paid for it. You got every right to be paid. If anybody's got the right, I do. But I decided against it, I chose not to. Now here's some of the reasons why. All right, verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. He said, I was born a free Roman citizen. I, I didn't owe anybody anything, he says. But I made myself a servant that anybody I ran into, I'm going to serve this person, I'm going to help this person. So it's for others that I went into this business that I became an apostle. You know, he's going to tell some of the groups. Verse 20. Unto the Jews I became a Jew that I might gain the Jews. All right? He was a Roman citizen so he's half Jewish. His father was not Jewish. His mother was. And so he's half Jewish. But he said when I was with the Jews I acted just like a Jew. To them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. There are some of them like the Pharisees who follow the rules to the last. He was a Pharisee. He knew how to be one. And he would be a Pharisee to them. To them that are without law as without law. "...being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law." There are people who grew up Greek, as he was half Greek. All right, And he says, I grew up free, all right, and without any law, none of the Jewish laws, so I can relate to these people too. Twenty-two. "'To the weak I became as weak "'that I might gain the weak.'" If somebody has no power in their life to accomplish and they can't get it together, he said, I'll sit right down with them and I'll say, what can we do? Let me help you. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be a partaker thereof with you. All right? So he says I want to serve everybody. And so if I don't get paid it just works better. I can talk to Jews, I can talk to Greeks, I can talk to people who seem insignificant and be right with them. I can be with all these people and I hope that as I live this kind of life with others being my main goal. He said I don't need to be paid for that. He says, here's what really is happening, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race all, but one received a prize. So run that you may obtain. He says, when you're running in a race, foot race, there's only one winner, whoever comes across the line first. Right? So when you get in that race, you're not saying, oh, I'm going to try to be third. <laughs> I don't want to be first I'm going to do my best to come across the line first and verse 25 every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things they do it to contain, obtain a corruptible crown but we an incorruptible he says so these people that work hard I'm going to win that race and they run they win that race they get a crown made of leaves give them a couple of days and the leaves fall off you know it's not a big deal but they still have that desire to accomplish. And he says, no, we're doing it for a real crown, not just a bunch of leaves that dry up in a couple days. So therefore, so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I'm not not a shadow boxer. I'm not punching, you know, walking around and punching nothing. He says, "When I punch, I punch something. I hit somebody. We're gonna fight. Because we're going to win. Keep my body. Bring it under subjection. Let's by any means. When I have preached to others. I myself should be a castaway. I do everything in my power. To keep my life right. So that. In my preaching to people. They can't say. Hey, who's going to listen to that nut? Alright. Listen to him. He, he's not, he, don't pay attention to him. No he says I keep my life together. I do it like I'm going to win. So that's his point of view. He says, I chose not to be paid. That was my choice. It's okay. I could be paid. I don't want to be paid. It's not my choice. All right. So chapter nine, it's a little different. Most people say, well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, if you're me, it's got something to do with it. All right. I've lived through that and experienced that. And the people who... Went after me uh for that really i'm sure never read first corinthians 9 never all right it's pretty clear that paul made a real good choice uh, he's defending people who get paid and i do too i said people get paid that's fine i have chosen not to all right chapter 10 moreover brethren i would not that you should be ignorant How THAT ALL OUR FATHERS WERE UNDER THE CLOUD AND PASSED THROUGH THE SEA, ALL WERE BAPTIZED UNTO MOSES IN THE CLOUD AND THE SEA, ALL DID EAT THE SAME SPIRITUAL MEAT, AND ALL DID DRINK uh, THE SAME SPIRITUAL DRINK. SO, HE'S NOW SHIFTED GEARS AND HE SAYS, NOW LET'S TALK ABOUT PRIVILEGES, LET'S TALK ABOUT OUR PRIVILEGES. WE GOT PRIVILEGES as Christians. And let's go back and look at the examples given to us in the Bible. He said uh, Moses was leading these people and they had a cloud, right? They followed uh, the cloud by day and it turned into fire by night. That was a pretty nice privilege to have. We wish we had one now, right? Like to have a cloud. Say wherever that cloud goes I'm going. Alright? That was a good thing. He said they also walked through the Red Sea. That was a privilege. When they came to the Red Sea and they were blocked, Moses holds his staff over the Red Sea. The Red Sea opens and they can walk right straight across. It's a lane, it's a highway to them. All right. When Pharaoh's army went in there, it was a death trap. He said, we had the privilege of the Red Sea being a highway. That's a privilege that God gave. He said, the next thing, we did eat the same spiritual meat. Every day we went out and we picked up these seeds off the ground that you could grind and make flour and make bread. And he said it tasted, it said like bread made with light oil. It was good, and we got it every day for 40 years, and God was providing for it. That was a privilege. And he said they all drank uh, from the rock. All right. Remember, they had water, Moses struck the rock, and out of the rock came a river. And they got over a million strong, plus thousands and thousands of herds and flocks. And when that river broke, it wasn't some little stream running down through. It was like a Mississippi rushing out of the ground and coming down through the desert. pretty remarkable, right? So we had these privileges... And he says verse four, and all did drink of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. Alright, so in other words, God, Christ was providing all of these things. All right? He helped all those things so that we had these privileges. Okay. But verse five, with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness so all these people had all these advantages and all these privileges and god looked at their response to that and instead of being grateful what did they do what's the word complain good you learned that one good didn't you complain they complain and complain all right so verse six now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after the evil things as they also lusted. So, we are learning a lesson on how to view life and how to understand the privileges that God gives us. And make sure we don't slight them and complain about those things, he said. And so, there's a reason those are written down in uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. They're written there, he said, for us, so that we would learn a lesson. You have privileges. You have a lot of privileges as Christians. He says, make sure you don't do what they did, verse 7, neither be idolaters, as some of them, it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. All right? Remember, they said to Aaron, uh, Make us a golden calf. We want a golden calf. And so they worshiped that calf. What did they say? This is the God brought us out of Egypt. What's the next thing? Let us not commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. That's a lot of people. Twenty-three thousand people died uh, from uh, sexual sin. The camp all of a sudden went nuts one day, and God said, oh, we're going to turn it into a plague. Twenty-three thousand thousand of them died in one day from sexual sins. Ooh. I guess you better not mess around. Verse 9. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. That was one of the things God sent snakes in. Uh, verse 9. Neither murmur ye. That's a complainer. As some of them complained and were destroyed of the destroyer. Alright. The ground opened up under a whole bunch of them. Uh, Matter of fact, Moses said, everybody get away from those people. Everybody backed up, back up more, and they backed up more, and then the ground went whoosh, whoosh, and they were all gone just like that. You'd think somebody would have got the point by then, right? You'd think, they said, man, this God is not somebody to be trifled with. All right, but they did it verse 11 now all these things happen to them for examples that's for us they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come you got to be careful therefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall you think you got it together no 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 don't ever think I got it all figured out I know what's going don't Be careful. All right, now, here's the help that's promised. Verse 13. In this verse, you've heard before. There has no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. God is faithful, who will not suffer you, be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. That's a wonderful thing. Here's one of your privileges. Let's add one of your privileges. There's a way of escape. God can help you find a way to get through, and you need to pay attention to God. Make sure he's, you're talking to him. Verse 14. Therefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, being many, are one bread and one body, we are all partakers of that one bread. He says, in the Christian world, here's what we've got. We've got this communion where we eat bread together, drink bread together. We're all in one group, one body, he says. We're being cared for for that. 18, Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar... What I say then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered and sacrificed to idols is anything? This is the argument we've talked about last week. Remember, meat made to idols in the marketplace. They didn't know what to do with it. Here he's going to give them some important steps. Verse 20, I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrificed, they sacrificed the devils, not the God. I would not, you should have fellowship with the devils. And so, if your neighbor down there is an idol worshiper, he says, hey, come on down, we're having a barbecue. I'm going to sacrifice this cow uh, to whoever, uh, Paulus or whoever it is, and uh, I'm going to sacrifice him to my God, and we're all going to gather around and uh, and be happy about our God. Uh, uh, Paul says, don't go to that dinner. Stay home. And that's their attitude. Don't go there. You cannot, 21, drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of the devils. So he says, people are honoring something that we know is wrong Don't go there. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? All right. Now, here's something you heard before 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Where do we hear that? What's the principle? 6, 8, 10. Back in 6, it was what do I do? Well, all things are lawful. You can do what you want, but. All things are not wise. And I will not be brought under the power of any of those things. All right. 24. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that's the marketplace, that eat. Asking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So, if you go to the marketplace, don't say, was this offered to an idol? Just buy it, and eat it, and remember everything belongs to God. In the long run, it's all God's anyway. All right, and we have the psalm where it says, "What He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, And the wealth in every mine." We used to sing, "He owns the rivers and the rocks and rills, the, the sun and stars that shine." All right, and so he—it's all His. So buy that meat. Don't. Just eat it. Say, thank you, God. 27. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and you be disposed to go. Whatever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. So your friend invites you. He says, we're just having a barbecue. He doesn't say we're going to offer it to an idol and have our party. He says, can you come over for lunch? I got a little meat. He said, just go and eat. Don't ask. Don't ask about it. All right. Try not to be offensive. All right. Remember what chapter 6, 8 was? What was it? I will not do anything to offend others. 28. If any man say to you, this is offering sacrifice to idols, eat not for his sake, that showed it for the conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So some guy sitting next to you and he goes, hey this was offered to idols. I'm not eating mine. You say, well, I won't eat mine either. Because <laughs> it really doesn't matter. He said, but what matters is that fella. We want to take care of him. 29. Conscience I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judge of another man's conscience? It's okay. We're going to do it for his sake. If I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil? Spoken of for that which I give thanks. He says, it's okay. You're doing it for other people. Now, here's the 10 principle, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So number 6 is what? do what is wise and it won't control me. No control over me. Number eight is I will do nothing to offend others. I will do nothing to offend. Number ten, number ten principle, bill will do it all for the glory of God. All for the glory of God. So he said, you want to know how to take life and so that you can live with making good decisions. There's your 6, 8, 10 principle. Is it wise? Will it control me? Will it offend other people? I'm very concerned with other people. And most of all, what do I do? Everything I do, I do it for God. I'm doing it for God. I am doing it for God's glory. I want to reflect back unto God. Verse 32, give none offense either to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. He says, I don't do it for money. I'm trying to do everything in my power to bring the gospel to people For others. I don't care who they are, Gentiles, Jews, whatever. I'm in it for others. So, as all what? So that the gospel of Christ can be elevated and bring glory to God. So, there's their 6810 principle in the three chapters where it shows. And it helps you. How am I going to behave? What am I going to do? How am I going to live my life? That's how you're going to do it. You're ask yourself those questions. The 6810 principle works very well. All right. So we came through <coughs> chapter 9 talking about pastors being paid. You say, ah, who cares? Well, I do. I do. And uh, I hope uh, you understand that passage. And it's very been very helpful to me. It's guided the way I live. In chapter 10, he says, you've been privileged, so many privileges you have. So don't go against God. Remember we're going to do all for God. The privileges you've been given are tremendous. God has done such wonderful things for us. given us forgiveness. Giving us the Holy Spirit to come inside of us. Giving us a home in heaven. He said I'm going ahead of you to prepare a place just for you. Just for you. He said, and Peter said, they're laying up treasures for me in heaven. So somewhere, I always say, there's a room somewhere up there with your stuff in it. Fill that room. That's the one you want to fill. Fill that room. Get that room filled up. And and those are the privileges that God has given us, plus a thousand more that I can't even all explain. But we live for God. And he said, I'm not in it for myself. I do it for others. All right? That's the reason we serve a penny hot dog. That's the reason we do it. We do it because we say we're not in this for money. That's not why we do it. Everybody says, how much money do you make? <laughs> well, we lose a lot of money. No, we don't lose anything. <laughs> Investing in the kingdom, all right? So we do it for that. And I told you about the lady who said, I finally figured out East Shelby. They take all them pennies, and that's hundreds of them, and they find that one from 1909 and they trade it in and they get all their money back. Well, we ain't found that one yet, all right? <laughs> and when I suggested to the treasurer she might do that, uh, she said no. <laughs> There's a reason we do what we do. Right? And it's to show God is more important than anything else. God is more important than money, right? And everything we do in the glory of God. Thank you.